Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where the Commander Clash crew, me, Seth, Richard, and Krim, discuss Commander-related topics and debate them in this podcast form. Hello! <laughs> um, today, we're going to be talking about underrated Commander cards. So, what we mean by underrated is just cards we think should be played more in Commander. And each of us have a list of cards that we consider underrated, and we're going to just talk about them. We're going to just go from person to person and discuss which cards we consider overrated, or uh, sorry, underrated, and uh, uh, see, see where we land on them. But before we do that, if you want to help out the show, so show your support, uh, you can head over to the MTG Goldfish merch store where you can purchase all the sweet stuff on Richard's wall, uh, freshly stapled for your convenience, playmats, card sleeves, deck boxes, t-shirts, and much more over at the MTG Goldfish merch store. All right. Um, well, we don't have that much of a preamble here, uh, so let's just get started with the list. Uh, we'll start with you, Richard. What is a your first card? Uh, that you consider underrated in Commander. Right. I, I didn't know if I should bring it up on the podcast since Commander Clash is my body of work, but uh, Dowsing Dagger. Criminally <laughs> underplayed. <Whoa>. 2%. <laughs> okay, now, what is... if you don't know what Dowsing Dagger does for some odd reason, it's a two-mana equipment, okay? When it ETBs, you give someone two plant tokens with Defender. Uh, the effect of the equipment is plus two, plus one, but when you hit someone with it, it flips into the Lost Veil, you tap it for three mana. Every non-green deck with creatures should play this. If you are playing green, there is some argument where you would just straight up play normal ramp, but you should replace mana rocks. Like, this thing is a land. It fixes mana. Uh, it can't be destroyed. So if you play like a Worn Power Stone, Thran Dynamo, a Diamond or something, those can get destroyed. Lands are very hard to kill. Four mana for three it's additional dumb. mana is so good, right? And it's, it has foretell. You can like pay two mana here, two <laughs> mana on another turn. It is so good. I don't know why nobody plays it. And then the power level just explodes if you play Vesuva, if you have like the mana dorks that untap lands, uh, stuff like that. It, it is so insane that I will play Vesuva in my deck to copy your Lost Veils. So <laughs> everyone should play this card. Like if you have anything that can equip, if you have anything with evasion in the slightest, this should 100% be in your deck, way more than 2%. I, I gotta ask you, Richard, how many creatures do you need? You said if you have any creatures in your non-green, like, do you need to have 20, 30 creatures? Or if you got 10 creatures, you're just going to ten creatures it in. out? So if, if you're, my, you're if running, my okay. commander is low CMC, like three or less, it is 100% in because the commander is the creature. Uh, if you have a bunch of like two drops, one drops, like utility ones, 10 is enough. Uh, if you're playing like mono six drop, then yeah, this is not useful for you. But if you have any semblance <laughs> of a curve, you should play it. <laughs> que question two. Do you think your love of this card at all has to do with our playgroup? Because no. Tomer is playing a budget deck and playing tap lands. Krim doesn't believe in creatures. So you always have someone to hit <laughs> <laughs> on the first turns of the game. Do you think it's at all tainted by our, our unique play styles? Slightly, but not that much. Like, I would take it into a blind group. Uh, like, most okay. people are not playing creatures on turns one and two. 
right? Most people are playing their diamonds, their signets, or whatever. So if you are low to the ground, if you have any evasion, if you have a bird, doesn't matter what creatures you're playing, there's, four, there's three other players, right? There is usually someone to hit. And if you can't, then yeah, it, it, it's bad, but you know, sometimes your tap lands cost you the game, right? There is some downside, but the upside's like totally, like it's a black lotus every turn if you quote unquote combo <laughs> and like hit someone, right? Like it's so strong that it's worth the downsides. Worst case, it's a bad equipment that gives plus two plus one. Like that's not the end of the world, <laughs> right? I, I would, hmm. I would addendum that you probably need evasive beaters though, or else yeah. like. I don't know, like you play your turn three commander or whatever. You like turn two dagger, turn three, my three drop commander. At that point, by the time you want to swing on turn four, I feel like there will probably be some some blockers on the battlefield, right? I mean, you can have removal. Like there, there are all ways to mitigate this, right? And maybe yeah. you can't hit. You can't hit. And it's one of those games where you don't cast a dagger, right? Like there, yeah. there are games where you don't, right? But... That, those games are rare, I think. And the upsides of, like, a free Black Lotus every turn, like, totally outweighs have, that. Have you also factored in the fact that you also uh, should probably buy, like, I don't know, a lottery ticket or something? Because you have it all the time. Look, when you played in literally every deck, okay? <laughs> Just the sheer quantity of games I get in. <laughs> it will look we like I have, have it every stat. game. We need to have a stat on that. Number of times Richard plays Dowsing Dagger versus number of times he casts Dowsing Dagger. <laughs> and you got to count really all the tutors high. every time really I tutor for it. Turn one oh, and gamble. Yeah, well, I've, I've definitely seen <laughs> you tutor for it numerous ways. Yeah. Uh, so, And then on top of that, though, times you naturally had it. It's like, okay, so you have it on two. Obviously, it's a house, right? Like, okay. Yeah. But but what happens when I'm like, it's turn 432, and and yeah, you're just like, okay, top deck this. Yeah, I mean, it's like, what if you draw explosive vegetation? Why are you playing that card? What if you're playing, like, uh, Ranger's Path on turn 8? You're like, yeah, I mean, unfortunate. You can get some value still, but not the best. I think those cards are still okay late. Yeah. Dowsing Dagger gives you additional two are, power late. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna argue deck thinning, Krim? Is that where we're heading with this? Deck thinning. <laughs> I I do see I, like the simplicity <laughs> of like I, I do see the simplicity Maybe. of like this versus an arcane signet. Like you turn to arcane signet, you don't have any hoops you jump through, and then you just cast a four drop on turn three, whereas this one, you know, you still have the equip and then you have the attack. So it's like delayed, but the payoff is really good. Like it's a, like I, an explosive vegetation that taps for th- that makes you three instead of two, and then yeah, copying it and everything is like insane. I feel like the the proper rating is probably somewhere below where Richard puts it because he absolutely loves <laughs> yeah. that card, but also somewhere above two percent, which does yeah. seem like criminally low for how powerful Richard has proved that card to be over and over and over and over again. Look, it's oh, starting to get some recognition. It. It's it's at four dollars now. A lot of the cards on our list are like sub one dollar, but this is yeah. at four dollars. There's there's like at least ten of us watching Commander Clash and like <laughs> copying. <laughs> he keeps getting away with it i have to play yeah. <laughs> and also uh i also wanted to say that uh seth please i do believe in creatures okay come on now <laughs> i knew that's where you're going with that <laughs> just not more than five 
<laughs> All right. So that that's a pretty good start. Uh, Seth, uh, moving on to you. What's a card you consider underrated in Commander? Ooh. All right. I'm going with Trading Post. I absolutely love Trading Post. It's played in 2% of decks. It's basically free. It's been reprinted a million a million times. It's in so many commander decks, but people still don't play it if you haven't seen it. It's a four-man artifact. You can pay one discard a card to gain four life. You can pay a life and one mana to make a zero one goat. You can pay a mana, sack a creature to get an artifact back to your hand or pay one, sacrifice an artifact to draw a card. So basically this is card advantage. It's recursion for artifacts. It's incidental life gain and chump blockers all in one card. And it's probably, again, like maybe I'm too high on it compared to how I should be, but I feel like 2% is super low. I really like incidental life gain. That's something that I look to have in my deck because I hate to be the person that it gets attacked early and you're really low on life and then you're just playing the entire game waiting to die essentially and you're every single turn you're like oh please don't attack me please don't attack me that gets really old ways to get your life total back is nice worst case you can always cycle it you can sack it to itself and draw a card so it's hard for it to ever be bad and two percent means even artifact decks aren't always playing it. Like, it's obviously great in artifact decks because you can get back your artifacts that get blown up. But at 2%, even decks that are dedicated to its card type are not consistently playing it. And I like it even in decks that are not fully dedicated to uh, to being an artifact deck. It, I don't do like it. <laughs> do you feel that four mana, at four mana, you're now competing for, like, something that should be more powerful? Like well, solemn, <laughs> or uh, like well, <laughs> well, like so. I, of solemn. I actually do think solemn might be more powerful than this. It definitely is. <laughs> it, like, 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 legitimately, it is right. So but this gets back your solemn, so you can reuse it and sacks your solemn. There's so many synergies. It works with all the other good cards. I okay. I, I think it's just so. It's way too slow. It's like, slow. Yeah. It, you, it requires you can only do one thing per turn. Unless you can untap it, that's I don't even run in artifact decks. I'm sorry, I think Seth has sold me. So, so I play all the Voltron decks. I never play Trading Post because it's a bit slow, but I do play like Buried Ruins and like just random nonsense to recur my artifacts. And Trading Post could be a good one. And well, I could sack like a land. late game Dowsing Dagger right. to draw a card if I can't mm -hmm. get it to connect. Mm -hmm. So I Buried mm -hmm. Ruins is a land. Though. Yeah, Buried this Ruins is, is a land. A, this one is a five. I Five mana commitment before you get any value, and the value is very low impact, I think. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I'm not saying you should play in every deck. I'm not saying this is like some insane ultra stable that every single deck needs to play, but 2%, I mean, it does a lot. There's so, I, I love these value cards that do a whole bunch of different things, and it just does a little bit of everything, which I think means it should be given at least more consideration. I think 2% is too it's high. It's a bit high. <laughs> yeah. is, is it worth it in mono white for card draw? No, oh, yeah. absolutely I, not. I would just play Staple. the thing that where both players draw three instead. <laughs> I know, but like Seth is also also very high on that that three mana artifact or mana rock that like you can pay five to like make a clue token. Of the <laughs> oh, oh god, the, the investigating card. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, this makes sense. Wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually think it's not that bad. I, I don't know, like, I think it should probably play, like, 4 to 6%. It's not, like, a staple, but 
it does a lot. Like that that one goat chump blocker is what prevents you from taking twenty one commander damage, right? The ability to sack an artifact to draw a card, maybe your artifact land or some you know random stuff you have around. I think it is pretty versatile. It should go in more decks, and it's cheap. So I don't know. I think it's better than a lot of people's ninety ninth card or whatever hundredth card. So it probably and should go in more decks. Once it's on the battlefield, it's only one mana to activate any of those abilities. So while it is four to get going, it is relatively efficient once you actually get it down. Okay. Play more trading posts. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right, moving on. Tough crowd. We're not selling anyone today. (laughs) Well, that's part of the fun is like, it's not a presentation. It's a debate, mostly for a podcast. Uh, but we'll find out. Maybe maybe there's some cards that are universally loved. Uh, Krim, what do you got for us? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I, the debate I, table. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna start Heart with a card please. that is apparently zero percent played, Whoa. <laughs> and uh, and that's going to be Spreading Plague, according oh. to EDH Rec. And I think <laughs> this card, it's it's five dollars. It's probably the most expensive card that I I've got on my list. And it's it's 0% played. And what it does is whenever – let me also get the oracle text on this because I don't, I don't want to, you know, read you the wrong card here. But whenever a creature enters the battlefield, destroy all other creatures that share a color with it. They can't be regenerated. So this, this is great, right? This, this You're compl- a monster. <laughs> this completely <laughs> shuts down, <laughs> like, in the table. <laughs> And if you're if you're a multicolored deck, imagine if you're a five color deck, you just always board wipe whenever you play a creature, and it keeps your creature alive. Of course, that also means that yours gets blown up when the next one happens. But it's a fun cycle that just keeps going around, especially if you don't believe in creatures. So, like, but at the same time, uh, obviously you need creatures to blow up other creatures. But sometimes you can just play this as a five mana enchantment, and then just let the let the table have fun fun uh, so <laughs> i absolutely love this card and i don't understand how it's only five dollars and on top of that how it's criminally underused if you're in a black deck this is hilariously awesome so <laughs> i mean it's sweep city all the time they can't even be regenerated i i will say if we just did the stats episode of the podcast and i don't know if that's going to be live when this goes up or not but regardless crim doesn't play creatures i think he played more planeswalkers than creatures this season so if you're crim and you don't believe in creatures this card actually seems kind of insane because there's not much of a drawback and your opponents are just like blowing up all their own stuff (laughs) i will say probably part of the reason that it's cheap and not heavily played is a if it was heavily played, I would expect it to show up on some of the salty lists, just like repeatedly wrathing the board every single turn. This would probably be in the top like 10 salty cards or 50 salty cards or whatever. So maybe that's part of the reason that more people don't play it. Not because it's not good, but because uh, they just their friends get too upset with them. <laughs> I, I think I think this card is also just it kind of under the radar. It's a salty card. It definitely makes people want to kill you, right? 
Like that's that's but they like can't. one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Remember the time Krim played this on us? It was yeah, like nigh played... impossible to do anything. <laughs> no banless. It was he was a uh, Esper deck versus three green heavy creature heavy decks, and he was playing Esper. Field of the friends. Dead. More like Field of the Irrelevant. Right? Come on. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> yeah. It was incredibly effective. I'll give you that. Like it was very good. But I feel like a lot of decks just can't run it because like they're focused on creature strategies. Oh, I no, think I, it is kind of I interesting. I play this like, in my creature deck too. My mul- my my like four like my three plus color decks because then I'm always blowing stuff up no matter what. But just just only play indestructible creatures. Stuff? Yeah, but I don't <laughs> care about my stuff. stuff getting blown up. Oh, okay, my stuff because <laughs> usually the deck. Maybe he's I playing play a Panormonicon deck, you know, where the creature <laughs> body doesn't matter, <laughs> but the trigger does. Yeah, yeah it's really Mold good. Like you, I'll give it to you. I think control decks need to be playing more of this, but. I don't know how many control decks there are out there, and I don't know that I want to see more of this. It's like everyone should play Tabernacle if it was free, but I'm like, eh, I don't know if I <laughs> yeah. want to see that in Commander, right? Tabernacle <laughs> is like $3,000. What I'm saying is that okay. they reprinted it, but I don't know if that's the Commander I want to be playing. <laughs> if everyone's packing, spreading plagues. <laughs> this card is just good. It's Everybody fun. Everybody stop having hilarious. fun for a while. I, what? I thought this card is hilarious. I might accept good, but I don't know about f- Fun. I was not expecting the powerful? fun argument. Yes. It, <laughs> yeah, it is good. Okay, it's strong. It's, it's definitely like I feel like it's under like not on most people's radars, and they don't even know that it exists. Yeah, I think most people maybe, don't exist. Maybe people we, know it exists, oh. but they have a moral compass. And yeah, <laughs> I I feel like we're doing a disservice. <laughs> I don't believe that for for how many like stacks decks there are and all that. I don't believe that. That's true. Hall Breacher I, was very high before it banned. <laughs> I sort of feel like we're doing a disservice to the format as a whole by talking about this card yeah. because yeah, more people might learn about it and card. start playing for, it. For moral <laughs> reasons, we need a we need a shelf this podcast. This card it's is never bad. happened. This card is bad. It's card. overrated, even. Please, if you do not hear play the it. table, <laughs> the card is good. Everybody knows it's good, but it's also <laughs> under the most not on your radar. So Ugh, I don't. I don't. Control feel decks good about need this it. Podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Control decks need it. <laughs> All right. Well, that was. I'm, I'm scared. Uh, Spreading no. plague. Play more of yeah. it. Spread it. Uh, All right. All right. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, my first pick. My first pick here is uh, a card that I, I jam in most of my red decks these days. Uh, it is Bolt Bend. It's a four mana instant, but it costs three less to cast if. A creature with power, if you control a creature with power four or greater on the battlefield, um, and you change the target of target's spell or ability with a single target. I really like this card in basically any deck that has bigger creatures, in- including like a commander that has like four or more power. Um, I think it's just like a great protection spell, and it can also mess up uh, your opponents uh, if they try to go off as well. It has like some some weird flexibility to it. Um, I like it as a way, like, let's say somebody's trying to, like, sorts of plowshares your creature. You can two-for-one them, essentially, by redirecting the sorts of plowshares to a threatening uh, creature that you do not control. Um, and you can also uh, counter a counter spell, for example, too. Uh, if somebody tries to, like, mana drain uh, a spell on the stack, you can bolt bend and redirect the mana drain to uh, target the bolt bend instead. Um, and just like sometimes there's just like powerful activated abilities that are targeting uh, something and you change 
uh, the direction of that too. So it's essentially usually going to be red, uh, one red mana to cast it. And I think it's just like very versatile. Uh, it kind of got overshadowed by Deflecting Swat when that came out, which essentially does the same thing uh, for three mana, but it costs zero if you have a commander out. Uh, but I don't know, it's at 2%. Uh, 2% right now on EDH rec. It's at 25 cents. Uh, I think it's a, it's a good card. I feel like it should be played more. Hmm. hmm. I think my question is, is the effect good? Like, I, I, I will grant that <clears throat> outside of Deflecting Swap, this is probably the best version of the redirection effect. I've just found that personally, I never play redirection effects. Maybe it's just the decks I play, but are like... Is that style of card even something I want to make room for in my deck, even if this is the the best version of it? And I'm not exactly sure. Do you, Richard and Krim, do you play like redirection effects usually? Even if the, like yeah, probably not. It's always my like I feel like the hundredth card or hundred and first card, and I'm just like ah, like I'm not talking about it in just like my like <clears throat> even in my creature heavy decks and all that stuff too. So like I I don't play them and I I always with, want to with like seven creatures instead of five. Well yeah, that's then I'm getting flooded <laughs> if I go past you know like eight. Right? We'll never so. play this card. You just have to control it. Why are you asking? I I think the only deck that would want this is some kind of like you know. <laughs> Uh, like equipment deck, some kind of Voltron deck or something, and and then it's like passable. But even then, it still just feels like there's so many better things. Because like deflecting SWAT itself, I don't play, right? Yeah, and I will. Yeah, I, I don't, don't even play SWAT. SWAT either. I don't. I don't like this effect. Like I sometimes I put it in my deck, but it's always the first card to get cut because it's so yep. situational, right? Like yeah. you need to wait for something to redirect. You got to hold it the whole game. And then if you, like, protected your thing, you're probably happy. Like, you don't really need the two-for-one anymore. And usually I replace this with a more versatile spell, like Swan Song or, I don't know, Blossoming Defense or, you know, one of, the, like, the cards that do what I want but, like, have more utility than just randomly redirecting. What about, like, a Blue Sun Zenith and you redirect it to your face instead of the opponent's face? Ooh, la, la. I mean, that says could happen. going to play you, all the you time have now. You've convinced me. You've convinced me, Tomer. <laughs> but there are like, games where I people mean, start hitting you with creatures, and you're like, all I got is a bolt bend in I my know. hand. Or they, like, you, you oh, have a creature like, you want to protect, and then they just rat the board. You're, like, unfortunate. <laughs> and then you're like, eh. I mean, that's true. It's it's narrow, but I feel like the payoff is, is definitely worth it. It's not it's not quite a counter spell because yeah, I can't stop yeah. a, a wrath, but I don't know. I every single time I put it in a deck, I've been very happy with it. Like w uh, the last time I played it was um, Seth was stealing uh, my game winning combo piece of uh, Throne of Scepters or whatever like that. It was an ability. It was an activated ability. And I and I was able to redirect it to prevent that, but unfortunately, Seth also had a removal spell. If I had a bolt, if I had another bolt, then <laughs> you had I could have, swat. I could have <laughs> yeah directed that one as well, and I would have been a, maybe able to combo. No, well, Richard also had a counter spell. If I had three bolt bands in my hand, boom! <laughs> what, do you, what do you do now? You know, like. But but then there's those games where you don't have anything, but you have three bolt bends. <laughs> it's, it's situational, Ooh. but I think the payoff is worth it. And I, I, I do like that it's like a counter spell in Counter Wars. If you're like a non-blue deck, uh, that seems relevant with with Krim in our playgroup, for example, being able to redirect mm -hmm. a, a counter spell to, uh, to something else on the stack and resolve your spell. That is nice. I think if you're in blue, it gets less valuable because you can just play a real counter spell. But if you're like mono red and really, really need to win against the control player, then I think it maybe it's underrated in that sense. What about Fork versus Bolt Bend? 
would you play a fork effect or would you play a bolt bend or would you think of them as different cards? I would play a fork effect. Really? I, I think double reds, double reds out of out of the question for me. Usually, I don't. I won't run double red. One red or free like SWAT are are good. Hmm. I would probably lean towards fork, but honestly, I don't play either of those effects. <laughs> but fork, fork is, the one is less I would dead, play. right? Like they ramp, yeah. you fork it. They counterspell, you fork it back. Like it's it's almost bolt then, like not exactly. It's like one of those conditional ones where you gain value, but it's less conditional. Or like say like dual caster mate like you know any of these like fork type effects which yeah I also yeah. rarely run but I think I would run those before I run uh, a deflecting swat. I I like that bolt bend hits abilities. I think that's a that is an upside compared to <laughs> fork. I don't know how relevant that is, but that is something that I could imagine you know coming up in some situations. So my my thing with bolt bend that i think i like the most is definitely like mentioned uh mentioned earlier by tomer which is that it's going to be able to redirect a counterspell because it's just like how they use what is it ricochet trap in in standard or whatever mm-hmm. so stuff like that and it was very annoying when my counterspells got <laughs> redirected <laughs> I like that uh, it's expensive hmm. for cascade purposes. Ah. <laughs> you can cast it for one Ooh. mana, but it's technically four mana. So, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, definitely underrated. All right. <laughs> I agree. All right. So, we're, we're good on the first round. We're going to go to round two of the underrated card recommendations. Back to you, Richard. What do you consider underrated right. here? If you guys didn't buy Dowsing Dagger, I'm not sure how well I'll sell this one. But uh, Coveted Jewel. <laughs> We're a tough Jewel. crowd. We're a tough crowd. <laughs> Coveted Jewel, I've been playing like since it was printed. I've like cast it like three times. I'm convinced this is a good card. It's a six mana artifact. When it ETBs, you draw three cards. You tap it to add three mana of any one color. And when one or more creatures and opponent controls attacks you and isn't blocked, that player draws three cards, gets the coveted jewel, and untaps it. So it's card draw and ramp, right? And if you actually have a big board presence, it stays with you. If you don't have a big board presence, it's a monarchy situation where people will just steal it and it becomes like a mini wheel as it like passes around the table. I think if you're mono white, you always play this. I think it's like really strong. Uh, it's like three mana draw three, right? Because the, it can immediately tap for three, so it's a it's a refund. Uh, and if you can hold on to it, it's still good. It's like it's six. It's, you can't play it on turn three. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like it, it's like a dark petition or something, right? Like on the later turns, it refunds you some mana. It draw like if you're in white and you desperately need card draw, this is it. Right, uh, I think it's actually really good. It's like basically free. It's only in one percent of decks. I think a lot of people should be playing this, especially if you're a creature-heavy deck. Like if you're some kind of tribal deck or anything, and you actually have blockers, uh, this becomes even better. If not, it's just a weird group hug wheel type card that goes around the table. I do, I do like it in uh, go wide decks. I actually play it like in a few of uh, like I played it in my humans deck, <gasps> but. Crib. but yeah, yeah. Yes. I think <laughs> we I, agree I, on something. <laughs> I think this card is sweet. I think it's and it's so much fun. The one minor downside when you play it is you just paint this huge target on yourself. Like 
hit Only me, once because they like, hit you, and then true. and then you're free, right? Tomer should play this to deflect the aggro, right? Like, yeah, we'll just yeah. go where the jewel is, right? <laughs> Until I get hit for like 21 commander damage. On the well, you just set. need to not get one shot, right? Nah. <laughs> and then it'll go on to the next person. Yeah, no. yeah. But I but I do think this card is a lot of fun, and it is a very it's cheap, and I do think it's also kind of like. It is underplayed, in my opinion, but I can understand the arguments for why people don't like it, uh, because it's often cut for the fact that, although it is three mana back later, it is still six mana, right, like, up front. And, like, when you're paying six mana, you gotta do something, right, as soon as it hits the board. Draw three cards. (laughs) I actually like it. I actually, mono, like, uh, go wide and creature heavy decks is not actually my favorite, uh... Uh, spot for this card I actually like it even more in red artifact decks um, because red artifact decks like their staple classic uh, payoffs are stuff like goblin welder goblin engineer Doretti scrap savant where you can basically sacrifice Second. yeah you could sacrifice an artifact to get an artifact uh, out of your graveyard you just like swap the two um, so jewel lotus for example like you could like make a clue token Faithless looting or something, put it discarded into your graveyard, cheat it into play. You know, now, now for the cost of like one or zero mana, uh, you draw three cards, have a three drop, uh, three mana, mana rock. And then if somebody tries or is going to attack you or whatever, you just, you just, uh, sacrifice it or you just sacrifice it preemptively too. So they won't attack you, which I I, think is awesome. uh... I think Richard be tripping on this one. There is no <laughs> way this card so is underrated. Come no, on, no. you're my Borals okay. brother. I, I like I like this card. Where are you gonna draw cards fun. in Borals? This this is a card that I hope everyone else thinks is underrated and adds it to all their decks because it's at its best when you're not the one playing it. You don't want to be the one spending six mana on this. You want to be the one that hits your opponent with one of your Boros creatures and steals it and gets just as much value out of it as the person that took their entire turn spending six mana. Like They do essentially cast it for zero, yeah. Yeah, like you get to cast it for free by attacking someone. Like, why would I want to be the one investing six mana? So I can buy the argument that, like, if you're really hard up for card draw, I know a lot about drawing cards very efficiently and doing anything to draw a card <laughs> I mean, you love trading in something so. like in something like mono white i would i would consider it but i don't think this is a card you should be playing a seth lot you have dreamstone hedrid on your list <laughs> okay you have dreamstone hedrid we'll on your list you can't steal it i've been harping on, on seth a little because i'm looking at that that uh the hedrid cards there <laughs> I am, but I didn't. I didn't even see Dreamstone Hedron on your list, and now I'm like, what? that's ahead. That's ahead, though. That's ahead. We're not going to spoil the, the future of the video. I I um, cannot take Seth seriously if he puts that on, but says coming in jewel. Like you know, what? it's the same as if you sacked it and drew cards. You've lost control of it. Is it is it time to talk about the Hedrons then? It, it is. Time? All right. <clears> next next on my list, we have a we have a pair of cards. We all know <laughs> Mindstone is a staple. It is one of the best cards in Magic, uh, in Commander. It's one of the best mana rocks. So what's better than a Mindstone? Well, Hedron Archive. It's literally two just two Mindstones. Mind Dreamstone Hedron, three Mindstones, all in one card. You could play three individual Mindstones or one Dreamstone Hedron. These cards, they're super cheap. Uh, under a dollar each 
One sees six percent of decks uh, play in six percent of decks. Others in two percent of decks. That is way, way, way too low. These are ramp spells that also draw you cards. Why wouldn't you? Why are you playing your worn power stones and all these horrible effects? <laughs> Coveted jewels that let your opponent draw cards. Play mana rocks that are almost as good and also draw you cards when you need them. Like I, I don't get. It. I don't know why people don't play these cards way more one, often. I just have one question. So yes. <laughs> Are you memeing me right now? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, this, I mean, is this some cruel punishment for me? All right, I have a second I, question. Is Seth the horrible person to? <laughs> Apparently, my video would confirm. Yes. Wait. Okay. So when I made that video and I, I I put that argument, people were like, "Nobody actually makes that argument. You're just straw manning here." And I'm like, "All right. Okay. We'll we'll talk. We'll talk, Seth. Why? All I want to know is why." Because it's, it's good. People play Worn Power Stone. It's three mana. It comes into play tapped, and it adds two mana. Hedron Archive is a single mana more. It comes into play untapped, so it kind of only costs two mana. And if you really think about it, just like Coveted Jewel, Dreamstone Hedron kind of only costs three mana. And you have the upside of being able to cash them in for cards later in the game when you need to. You know what the downside of playing mana rocks is? In the late game, when you get all the mana in the world, but you don't have any cards in hand, they're really bad because you can already cast all your stuff. You know what you want on the battlefield? These mana rocks that you can turn into real cards that can win you the game. I don't even like Warren Power Stone that much. Like I'll put it in some <laughs> decks if I have to, but it's not like, it's not like oh boy, I'm excited for it. Your worn power stone. Mind stone is legit because it's a two drop. It's a two mana artifact. The the rate is is pretty decent and it has that little upside. Um Dreamstone Hedger though. So when you're comparing I, I, that, three three and dynamo. Three and dynamo taps for three. It comes with a play untapped. How, it's four how mana, many cards does it? How many cards does it draw? It makes one more mana. That's enormous. That's huge. I'll give it to you on Hedron Archive. I think that card's like pretty decent. I, uh, I will not give you it. <laughs> Dreamstone. <laughs> that, that one is like, okay, all right. You had me. You had me in the first half. There. It's like okay. every iterative after Mindstone just gets worse and worse. I, I agree oh, with Krim here. So when I was building Budget Tolerant, okay, I, I tried to put Mana Rocks in, and Heejin Archive was in my deck. And out of respect for Tomer, I spent a good 30 minutes to an hour <laughs> figuring out how to get this you out of my deck. Me. I even messaged Tomer, consulted with him. I'm like, look, Worn Power Stone, Thran Dynamo, out of the budget. What can I put in here? And I couldn't come up with a good answer. So I'm like, Heejin Archive it is. But I was at like 105 cards. So I'm like, I'll just cut it out of respect for Tomer. <laughs> right? I'll just cut Did it. Did you put but... in a retraced image? Did you put in a retraced image into your deck? Rich. I don't know what that card is. You didn't tell me that card, but I asked oh, that's you. The, the it's the mono blue, blue explorer. It, it's a it's a sorcery too. So you make a Drake out of it. It's so good. I, I'm just saying, outside of green, there's not a lot of options if you take budget into consideration. Hedron Archive is acceptable. I'm with Crim Dream, Dreamstone Hedron's too much, right? Like <laughs> most of the time, you play your mana rock, it gets swept away in a Vandal Blast or something. You don't have the opportunity to crack because it's so expensive. You're not going to hold up essentially, what is essentially six mana, right? Like the, the rock itself plus three additional mana on the off chance of cracking it. Mindstone is just two mana, right? One to crack and one for the Mindstone. Right. But most of the time they just get swept away, so it doesn't matter. But at, at four mana, like four mana ramp is actually acceptable. So Hedron Archive is good, I think. The other one, just play Coveted Jewel. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get to draw the cards right away. <laughs> and you get three colored mana, I mean, which is very important. Yeah. Getting a refund on three colorless mana might mean you can't cast but, anything, right? I just but then your opponents draw cards. Rather draw. Rather run a land. Run, you really like hate it that much. Land. Yeah. You, you know what? You, the old play pattern could have been. You have coveted jewel, and then when people try to steal it, you <laughs> I knew was going here. <laughs> but no, that pattern is no longer possible. Oh God, that's why. That's why Krim was high on it. Oh man. Ugh. So we won you over, Tomer. Are no. you gonna start adding? Yeah. <laughs> no. I, okay. I've, I run Hedron Archive and Dreamstone, both of those cards actually, in my Kozilek deck. That's it. That's it. That's the only time. Otherwise, I guess if I did have like another hypothetical like nine mana commander, <laughs> I'd run it or something like that. But I, I need oh. to see your twenty-five dollar mono white budget deck. Like how how do you fill this ramp here? <laughs> what do you put have, in here? I have both SRAM and Teshar. I did a twenty-five dollar thing. You can find it on the website. Oh, those are low like, CMC decks. What if you need higher CMC? <laughs> yeah, what if you're playing budget of chroma or something? CMC, yeah. Like, <laughs> Why are you making it more difficult for yourself? Just play what a heater archive. Just play heater archive. Solve all the problems. I refuse. And Dreamstone heater. I refuse. Uh. <laughs> I refuse. All right. Moving on from my sanity. Uh, Krim, what do you got for us next? So uh, a card that I think is also very much so underplayed is... Uh, this is a tough one. Okay, I guess I'll just choose one of these. Um, So there's a card that I really like in low-to-the-ground decks. It's Night Dealings. I think uh, Night Dealings is currently played a total of, like, what, like, negative, uh, let me see, <laughs> it's not oh, actually negative, it's not negative, uh, but. Less than um, 1%, that's what zero it is, means it is, on Yeah, it's less than 1%, um, and what it does is whenever a creature you control deals uh, damage to another player, put that many ca uh, theft counters on Night Dealings, then you can pay two and two black. Remove X theft counters from night dealing. Search your library for a non-land card with converted mana costs uh, X. Reveal it and put it into your hand and shuffle your library. It's a four mana enchantment. <clears throat> I think this is really good when I'm playing a go wide deck or any kind of like sort of aggro deck because most of my stuff's going to be low to the ground anyways uh, and cheap costing. So I only need like one to two counters to just really get whatever I need. Um, be, I play this in my rogues deck, uh, you know, because I have tons of evasion. Uh, I play this in my, uh, like, you know, uh, fairies deck and, and just all that stuff. So I, I love this card for that because I can just tutor whenever I want. Hmm. Wait, don't you have to pay four mana to cast this? And then damage <laughs> yeah, your opponent? It's, it's and then pay four mana to do Why just damage for the counters. I... It's it's, hmm. it's so flavorful. I love it. But like, would you run this over a Diabolic Tutor? Which Diabolic Tutor just says four mana, sorcery, tutor up any card. Uh, I, I would because I can do it multiple times. Legitimately, I, I like... I know that it puts me on the board to getting like to getting it blown up, but I like the ability to just tutor as many times as I, I want, barring that you know I pay four mana each time. Uh, but... I do like that in a small, low-to-the-ground creature deck, so I don't need to have, like, 15 counters or 8 counters on it. I only need, like, 1 to, like, 3 counters. And at that point, I can just get every creature out of my deck. Wait, if, if you deal 5 damage, you get 5 <clears throat> theft counters, right? Is yes. that correct? Yeah, or, correct. like, from a yes. single creature? Right. Okay, but if I just, I like... See this. Like, just, like, I play, like, a simple, like, Slither Blade. I hit you. 
I now have a counter. I can go grab another like like a merfolk wind robber, right? So for I'm, eight mana, <laughs> four and then four to get a yeah. one drop. But but like the thing here is, I'm okay with that because the thing here is that the card just does this and it scales up, right? I get to keep doing this over and over. Then I get bigger creatures. And but you didn't in like the late trading game, post. Yeah, but this yeah, this is like this cooler is trading than trading post. post. This is cooler than trading post, okay? Because <laughs> I agree. it tutors. Cool. It tutors. That's that's different than me making a goat yeah. or drawing in like bl- like blind draw whatever. I'm getting what I want out of this. So if you have a sword of feast and famine, this is pog. If you have a cabal coffers going, this is crazy. Or you have a bunch of excess mana from your coveted jewel. Or even I mean, we don't have that much chance. extra or, mana, but I'm like, do I play this or do I play a reconnaissance mission, right? I, like, I play both. one of those cards, right? I like actually a coastal play piracy both. type effect, or do I, I play like Tomer said, a straight up tutor, right? Like just I'm just gonna tutor what I, 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 I would I would run reconnaissance mission like coastal piracy, like instead of just like uh, whenever you, like whenever you deal damage, you draw a card with a creature. I think that's better because it's just more cost effective. Like, like what if I what was the expel tutor? The like five X or whatever you tutor up X Diabolic cards. Revelation. Yeah, yeah, should we just play terrible, that? Terrible card. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I've I've played Ring of Three Wishes before, which is five mana to cast and five to tutor. But that's because not black. I really need to tutor, and I'm in a color like white or colorless that just is really bad, and I desperately need to find a specific card. The problem I have with this card, I think, is that it's in black, and black is just has so many good tutors. It might still be underrated at literal 0% because it is a flavorful <laughs> card. And I can see what Krim's saying. Like, there are there are decks where it could be good if you had a bunch of evasive creatures. I could see an argument for it, but it's just so tough when you have uh, Demonic Tutor and Vampiric Tutor and Diabolic Tutor. There's so many just cheaper and more efficient ways to get a card that you, you need that you don't have to spend so much mana and jump through so many hoops. Oh, it's instant speed, too. You can instant speed tutor, yeah. which is very good. You can't get a land, I, I so you can't your, get coffers. You can't get coffers with it. I see your three mana open. I pass. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like, uh, honestly, like, if I'm running a rogue deck, if I'm running, like, a ninja deck, if I'm running fairies. a shadow deck. Fairies. Fairies. Yeah, like, I don't think it's, like, the best card, but it's definitely flavorful. It costs a lot of mana. But I'm still going to run it because I do have a soft spot for this card as well. I don't I, know how good inst- it is. But instant it's, speed it's cool. and constantly able to tutor over sure. a I, one-off. It's a lot I, I of like mana, it, though. It, instant it speed is. into your hand is very powerful, right? You can just pass the turn and no one can do anything to you because you can just tutor up the right answer. And but then like, if, if no you one don't does have anything, creatures to attack with, then like this card is... Well, I mean, obviously you bad. need creatures to attack with, right? But <laughs> yeah, you just need but like... Then, if you hit someone for three, that's enough, right? Like a three CMC card to tutor up is like good enough, right? You like, pay four for it. Is it? Ugh. You pay four to get it, and then three more to cast it after paying four for the enchantment. Yeah, like eight I, mana, I, eight mana for the first card you tutor. All right, Mister Trading Post, you paid four <laughs> mana for a dude. Yeah, but then my that. goat is one, and I have a Dreamstone heater on the battlefield, yeah. so I never have to worry about <laughs> things like that. The first card you tutor for is eight mana, plus you have to actually hit, and you can't get lands, and it is based on the amount of damage. Second, you get tutor two cards, you have to deal even more damage, and you have to pay 12 mana. Is that, those are not good numbers for me, honestly. But when you, when you need a mana sink? 
I think this is, is way better than than trading posts. W- would you kill Krim first if he slapped us down and had like no. say four power rogues? See, on the and it's no. subtle. Then it's perfect. Then right, it allows rogues. you to up front load up your mana without being a threat, so that later on you can just go and win the game without you know needing thirty mana and you're not dying instantly because you played a combo piece. <laughs> it's so low on the power scale. But, like, still just high enough to where I would like it and, and like to play it. But it's low enough to where you don't draw aggro for playing it. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, it's That's this. That's true. So, so I'm there sold. is. I will try this card. <laughs> I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> sold enough. It, it should be more than zero, I think. Literal zero seems a bit low. Yeah, it's only I'll, in 390, like, some decks, according to the EDH rec. Like, what it should probably be, like, one. Kamigawa. It's Kamigawa. Okay. It's, yeah, Kamigawa. Okay. All right. Well, I'll match you on tutors then, uh, Krim. We talked about night dealings. Now, here's a more recent tutor that I think should see a lot more play and is going to see a lot more play. Uh, This is Search for Glory. Um, This is a three-mana sorcery from uh, Kaldheim, Snow Sorcery, Uh, two and a white. Search your library for a snow permanent card, a legendary card, or a saga card. Reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. You gain one life for each uh, snow mana spent to cast a spell. Uh, it's currently 2% on EDH rec and 40 cents uh, to purchase uh, because, you know, Caldine's pretty recent and whatnot. I think in Commander, this is one of the first cards you should be considering in your white decks. And it's also very splashable, too. The fact that you can gain some life with it, I think, is very much like... It's like a bonus. Like, I don't even I don't even consider that, like, the, a real thing. But, like, three mana, find any legendary card, any snow permanent card, or any saga card. Usually, it's going to be a legendary card. But, like, Commander is a format of legendaries. If your deck doesn't have a lot of legendaries in it, then I wouldn't run it. But, like... Your deck is going to have at least, like, five tutor targets or whatever, and this is good. I consider it, like, a white grim tutor, essentially, that doesn't lose you life. It could even gain you some life. Um, yeah, hmm. I, I think this card is, is kind of bananas. It's a really good rate. What are some generic things I could tutor up and don't say Cauldra? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what do you uh, mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, well, first of all, if you have like any snow planes or anything, you get that. You I mean, get I'm not paying depth. three mana to tutor yeah, snow planes into yeah, my hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 you can get like a uh, like let's say you're in equipment, you get like SRAM or whatever. Um, you want to get uh, Teshar if you want some recursion. <laughs> Hammer um, of Nizan is that legendary? Uh, sort of the Animist is also uh, an equipment that you could tutor up. It's a legendary. Uh, Stuff. It's got to be know. non-equipment, I, though, right? Like, I really like the why? fact that it's a tutor in white, because I have so many white equipment tutors that oh, I don't uh, really need this. Like, Urza's Ruinous Blast, you can even get, like, legendary sorceries. Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. That part's pretty cool. I, I do like that. I feel like it, it, it. it's probably underrated, but I think, like, Grim Tutor is not the best comparison, because you really... It is pretty narrow what it tutors for. It's like you can get a land or you can get there's not really sagas that see much play for the most no. part. So it's basically land or legend. And are there really enough good legends to make that exciting? 
I think so. I think like most of my decks have enough legendaries that it's worth to grab. But it needs to be good enough for you to spend three mana to grab it, right? You don't just want a random card, right? You want like right. a defining card, right? Like well, you want like let's say you're in Selesnia and you need uh, artifact or enchantment removal or creature removal, for example. Like you'll two drop Kogla, and then boom, you have Kogla okay, and okay. you go smash. Um, but you're, but you're in green already. You can just use any of the green creature tutors. I, I feel like it's great if you're a legendary theme deck. Yeah. Like, if you're playing something that's themed, like a Sisei-style deck that's or Kethys that's themed around legends, this yeah. card is amazing. Just, like, would you just run it in, like, a generic white deck, though? Would you just, like, run it and trust that, like, I'm probably going to have enough things to make it worth it? I mean, I'd cut it if I didn't, but, like, I would always heavily consider it if I'm in white. Hmm. Like... Uh, is Ameria Ameria's legendary? No. no unfortunately, legendary, no. Okay, like, forget that. Field of the Dead. That's not legendary either. No. Okay. Should uh, be. <laughs> Nykthos? You can get a Nykthos. You can get a Nykthos. That's yes, legendary. You can get a Nykthos. You can get like Dark Urborg. Depths if you want to set up the Dark Depths combo. Dark Depths. Um, Urborg. You can get like if you want like if you're in a Boros deck you get like a Rilly or something you do extra combats. Shadow Sphere is good. Like Shadow that's Sphere. Yep. there's situations where that's a, a card I would really yeah, want to is on. Uh, I like it in like an Cauldra deck. pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Cauldra complete. Yeah. How about that one? That one. That yeah, one's, that one's yeah, cool. You can get that one because you don't have to spend uh, fifty mana to get uh, <laughs> Immortal card. Sun. I like Immortal yeah. Sun a lot. And that's decks. a very good grab. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I think yeah. there's enough cards. I, I, yeah. I think okay. people should consider this card a lot more. If you look at your yeah. deck and you're like, there's some key legendary pieces in it, then yeah, slam this into your deck. As mm. as much as I, I love I the cards mentioned, I actually don't like one-off tutors. <laughs> I uh, there's a reason why that like that's like I, I think that well, might I be like in, in in deck building for me, and that's more that I try not to play just things that are just one-offs. I, even though they're, like, I think, like, Demonic Tutor is very one. good. Well, no, no, like, I mean, like, there's ways to, like, like, the, <laughs> the spell itself, it feels like a filler card, right? Like a cantrip. Except for this one, cantrip can grab any one card, right? But I want to be able to grab any one card multiple times. That's why I like Night Dealing. I like, Dia like, even the x diabolic tutor spell or the increasing ambition whatever the one that has a tutor for five and then flash it back i like something that i can use more than once uh so in some way or, or that's why night dealings is cool to me and all of those cards so because you like that, control so you like long yeah. games where you grind your opponents to dust right but, but you can use this to tutor for a like decree of pain well you can't sure. not this one but a normal tutor well, well, where yeah, like a no you can do normal. the thing and get the cards sure. right yeah, or, or like let's just say in this case, I need a Urza's Ruinous Blast, right, or something yeah. like that. Sure. Like, I do think this card is definitely underrated, but I I think that my like I that might just be more of just me and how I like deck building, and that's why I don't play that many. If you look at my list, I don't play like Demonic Tutor, I don't play Vampiric Tutor. I play like every now and then I play like one, but maybe because it's my demon deck. <laughs> so the, the sauciest take I've ever yeah. heard. <laughs> Who doesn't play tutors <laughs> in Commander? <laughs> I mean, we we talked about it in the the last or whatever one of the episodes with like tutors. Like, yeah. I don't I don't really like if I'm gonna tutor, I want to have my value like in that I want to be able to use it again and again, and or have it if it gets countered or something like that or swatted in some way, I want to be able to have access to it again. A tutor on a stick or something. Uh, yeah. Reanimate. 
Like a like what's I, the the rogue from Kaldheim? Uh, the one that when it attacks, you can tutor. Target player tutors. I think that's really fun. Uh, oh, because, the demon. Yeah, the demon. The demon. Uh, like Mar- Marigoth or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that card's sweet. Uh, so, like, if I'm going to tutor, I want to be able to do it more than once. I will say, if you're going to play Search for Glory, you should probably play another underrated card, which is Elspeth Conqueror's Death. I feel like Elspeth Conqueror's Death I think that should sweet. see way more oh, yeah, play exactly. in Commander. And if you're playing this, that's an easy way to add another our removal spell tutor target to your deck. So... A nice, mm-hmm. a nice little uh, combo. I think that's definitely. I would consider that a combo. That's I know it like one of my favorite game, sagas, and like Showdown of the Scalds is another one. If you're in Boros, but yeah, combo. Yeah, Co- combo. combo. <laughs> that's for another time. Uh, <laughs> what all a right. powerful combo. Com- combos with planes, honestly. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Richard. We're gonna move on to you. Third card, underrated. What do you think? All right, this one I stole from Tom, MTG Radio. It was his favorite card, and since he's been gone from Commander Clash, I feel we've forgotten about its existence. It's Skullwinder. I love Uh, Skullwinder. Three mana, one three. It has Death Touch. It's a snake. When it enters a battlefield, return target card from your graveyard to your hand, then choose an opponent. That player returns a card from his or her graveyard uh, to to their hand. 2% of decks, it's like 50 cents. You should probably play this over Eternal Witness almost always, right? Like, how many times do we need a Wrath or something that you don't have in your deck, but someone else has in the graveyard already, right? You can that's expression. Did, did, you, did no. you say that my take was hot, but then you just go no. and drop that fire right there? It's, it's oh the same God. as Ewit, except you can utilize other people to help you fix the game. And if you really have nothing, you choose the person who has like the worst stuff, and now they're your friend, right? I, but you get to Ewit with a lot of upside. I think these symmetrical effects, which are seen as bad, are actually very strong in Commander, right? Like Tomer, you get the wrath, and while Tomer's busy wrathing, I'm gonna get like my game-winning threat that no one is looking because they're all focused on the wrath, right? So I think Skullbinder should be played. Take. I'm here I, for this hot take. I, I I I will give you that it's underrated. Two percent. It's better than that. I love my eternal yeah, witnesses, but yeah. better than it. You should play over eternal witnesses. <laughs> what is no, think of it as drawing two zero. cards and ramping yourself because Tomer gets the wrath. He casts it. You don't have to do any of that, and you get your own card while you're doing it. Right? Eternal like, witnesses at thirty percent. By the way, on EDA track, thirty percent versus two. Yeah, I, I agree that this is definitely underrated. This is underrated. Better, than you better no. no, 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 no. I mean, okay, yeah. maybe better in combat with E Witness, but like, <laughs> it's also it's also a really it's good blocker. Touch. It's a one three death. Touch. I, yeah, yeah, it's like, death touch, and it's a snake. But I feel like, like but not yeah. better than than we're focusing. Witness. We're focusing too much on the upside, like. Giving your opponent a card in their hand is like in absolute turns it's a it's a drawback. Like that that makes it worse. Like I know like there's situations where it can be better, but a lot of times like that's not really gonna be better. It, maybe it's better in a, there, there, yeah. there's always someone who's weakest at the table where their extra card doesn't matter. Right? And you can strike a deal, right? Like Seth, you have a game winning combo in your graveyard, but if I target you with this, will you take something less threatening? Right, and you'll probably be yes, because why not? <laughs> right, so what if, there, what if I betray you? you? Skullwinder in your hand, and you're like, oh, oops, okay. So I mean, sometimes the card sucks, right? But what about the time where I need a wrath, and the only one with the wrath is Krim? 
Yeah. And Krim's coming up next, and we need a Skullwinder, a Wrath into Krim's hand, right? Ewit does nothing there. I get my card, and we all die, right? So there are upsides, right? There are downsides. Sometimes everyone yeah. is one card away from winning, and you have to give someone the one card, but don't cast Skullwinder. I don't know, right? Uh, I like I, it more. I, I, I just take issue with the better than Eternal Witness. Yeah, that seems yeah. silly to me. Like, I'm on, on the same agree. level. It should on be, the same it level. should see more play, but... Wait, which one can you skull clamp immediately? Skullwinder. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you that's too. Actually, answer. no, Skullwinder, because Skullwinder is the one that lives. <laughs> you don't Wait, want for, that. The, for the combat part, right? The plus one? Yeah, plus, plus one. Look, God, which one holds a dousing dagger yeah. better? Who's going to block a 3-3 three, three death touch? A 3-4 death touch, sorry. <laughs> That's 2% is insane. I don't know why it's that low. Because Eternal Witness, as Tomer said, is 30%. So this should be significant. Out of all the cards we talked about, this would be the card that probably should have the highest percentage jump, I would say. But I don't think it should be above Eternal Witness and playability. So, so, so rank the Ewit effects. We have Ewit. We have the Eternalized one. We have uh, the six drop one. We have Skullwinder. This would be ahead of the Skullwinder, ahead of the six drop one. Mm, not sure about the Eternalized one. What does Belagad Recovery count? Belagad Recovery, that's a card that that's, might that's be, a land, though, should see know? more play than you. Yeah, what, like, what about like straight up regrowth then at that point, right? Yeah, what about regrowth? Yeah. If we're just sticking with literal witnesses, Eternal Witness, then this in, in Timeless Witness roughly equal I, I a little timeless bit behind, and then the, the six mana one. What yeah. about the way Court of Calling into a Death Touch blocker and then get two cards as well? Hmm? Yeah. But I, then I, they get their removal spell back from the graveyard. Well, you don't target that one. <laughs> <laughs> also, can, can't you target somebody who doesn't have a graveyard? Yeah. So you could just you like can. wipe their graveyard. If we were responsible and, like and played graveyard hate. Yeah. You could scavenging ooze the card they take, right? There are yeah. many ways. Graveyard hate and Skullwinder. The card is good. <laughs> like, I, I do think it is good. It's just yeah. not better than Eternal Witness. That's I'm I also think Sapphire. it's underrated. Yeah, yeah. I I like it. I, it is my personal favorite because I am a sucker for politics, and I agree with Richard that you can use it. You can usually leverage it to your advantage. Um, yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right, Seth. Uh, what do you got for us after the Hedron debacle? Um, <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna go with something. There's a little bias go... in our host here. <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna go with something that can actually Fair blow arbiter. up Hedron Archives, which is uh, Rampage of the Clans. Rampage of the Clans is a card. Uh, it shows up in one percent of decks. It is essentially free. Another bulk rare, and it's a four mana green instant that blows up all artifacts and enchantments, and each person gets a 3-3 Centaur token for everyone that's blown up. So this is a card, 1% is really low, but blowing up all the artifacts and enchantments, that's nice. Of course, you are giving your opponent a bunch of tokens, but that can be an upside in a lot of decks. I have found Rampage of the Clans to be a good surprise finisher. If you can put some artifacts and enchantments on the battlefield yourself, being an instant is huge. You can wait right until uh, the end step before your turn, blow everything up, make a whole bunch of tokens, and then just potentially one-shot someone and kill them. So I don't think this is a card that every deck should play, but 1% feels pretty low for me compared to its power level. Yeah, I love this card. Yeah. <laughs> it's really sweet. I mean... Like if you if you use it against like somebody's <coughs> artifact deck or enchantment deck, uh, you completely cripple them, which is great. They do have a bunch of tokens, but I mean, 
There's so many ways to deal with those tokens. Yeah, yeah, those are those are easy to deal with. And you can use a fencil. Like that's the game yeah. that bugged out a few weeks ago where I was making all the icy mana lists. Like eventually those are gonna it's turn a- into hundreds of three threes if the if Moto hadn't crashed. So it's a legit win con. And I had it in my clue deck too, as also a win con. So like any like artifact slash enchantment token deck, it's like super good. And then if you have like du- ways of doubling tokens and whatnot, like second harvest, like you did in your in your deck, it's super good. And you just use it. You could just use it like to as removal, and it's also still super good. Even even the decks where it's good, like Lannis. See, you were talking about the clue deck. According to EDH track, it's only in like twenty percent of Lannis decks, and to me, that feels like one of the best cards in the deck. So I, I'm not saying you just slam this in any every single deck and get value out of it. That would be a little bit risky. But even the decks where it is perfect, people just seem to not think of this card because it's so good in the right deck. I think 1% is about right. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Like, if you're making a ton of artifacts, this is great. We will never how, agree. How, how many of those decks are there, right? Like, They're not so many, close. right? Would you throw this in a generic green deck? It will get you so murdered, right? <laughs> like, like if someone has so many artifacts, you feel you need to remove them, you will die to, like, a million centaurs, <laughs> unless you follow it up with a sweeper or a propaganda, right? In which case, you're now using two cards. So I think, like... If you are comboing with the piece, then yeah, right? It should 100% be played in more uh, token-generating artifact decks. But for a generic deck, like, nah, just play... Uh, what's the thing? The creature that, like, pumps itself. But, but Richard, remember we were talking about Dowsing Dagger being dead in the late game. Now you can make it into a 3-3. It, it improves Ooh, your Dowsing Dagger. It's a clock. <laughs> I, I, I would rather hold clock. on to it and hope to get that Dowsing Dagger land, like, eight turns later than to turn it into a centaur. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. All right, fine, moving on. Maybe we can agree on this one. Krim, show us what you got. All right. I'm going to play, I'm going to stay in the realm of uh, non-green cards. And uh, I'm going <laughs> to... Is it, it Grixis? <laughs> it's, it's, it is in Grixis colors. Uh, but, well, not it's not actually Grixis, but you can play it in Grixis. It's one mana, and it's soothsaying. Uh, it's essentially a an, another Sensei's Divining Top for me. Uh, the card itself oh, is one blue, oh, and it's- You gotta be trolling. What? <laughs> okay, it's obviously not nearly it, but the, the thing here is, okay, it still does what I want it to do, which is manipulate my draws, right? So you can, it's one mana, you can pay five to shuffle your deck. You can pay X, look at the top X cards of your library, and put them back in any order. So, this card, I love this card. This manipulates all my draw steps. I can, you know, I can then be like, okay, well, I'll crack a fetch land if I don't like my top five or something like that. Or I don't even have to crack a fetch land because I can shuffle my own deck later. And compare, com- like, combined with, you know, counterbalance, it is a replacement top. And, uh, yeah, like, so, I think it's sweet. It's an enchantment that I can immediately start doing stuff with on the next turn right after. I can go turn one. Then turn two, I can scry two, and then it just keeps... Whenever I have loose mana, I can just do whatever I want. I'm just going to say, you said my trading post was too expensive. <laughs> five <laughs> mana to shuffle your library. looking mighty hot right now. <laughs> this is great. You have to pay at least one to look at the top of your library. Then yeah. when you decide you don't want it, then you pay another five, five to shuffle it. Like, don't you just play like scroll <laughs> rack or something if you're really <laughs> desperate? Or such scroll, a thing, but this is like a a dollar fifty. What about like is scroll rack expensive? Scroll rack is definitely expensive. Yeah, it is expensive. <laughs> like, I mean, 
It does seem good in Crim Dags. If you're playing where is he going to have the extra like, like ten mana <laughs> to look at the top five and shuffle, right? Like, if you don't, where... how many how many turns do people pass? It's so expensive. High tide snap cast their high tide suit save. Got him. No, 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 no. <laughs> Think about this. This sits on the board, and oftentimes people will try to play around your counter spells and just don't do anything or not do anything effective to where it's like it forces me to use my hand, right? So if that's the case, like. Think of the times where we never force Richard to use any of his counter spells, right? Because we're too busy punching each other. So in those moments, Richard could just be scrying freely, doing whatever he wants, because it's a, it's an X cost. To There's got to be a better mana sink for when you pass the turn. Like you can defile your drown yard, someone get them to die. Eventually. For one <laughs> mana, I don't this... know. Defile drown yard is a good counter to this. One. I don't know, man. This is so I... slow. I remember my I decks are all this. slow, so this <laughs> works perfect. It's it's okay in decks that care about the top card of your library, like Yuriko and Melek. I remember I ran in Melek, like one of the first budget commanders I wrote for the site like five, six years ago. Uh, I had Suits laying in it, but like, it's a lot of mana. <laughs> it's a lot of mana. I don't know, man. I mean, I love this because it's, I'm telling you, the, the scrying I think is getting just like overlooked here. And then being able yeah. to do that, when, like whenever you want... And how like however much loose mana you have. It's not even scrying I, though, right? Like they go okay, back on top. You need yeah, to actually they go back shuffle. On top. <laughs> right, right. You need to actually shuffle. But being able to like put them back in any order still like pretty solid. Cause then let's say I now have my fetch land. I'm just gonna keep the card I do want and then crack the fetch shuffle. Anyways. I think I just uh, flash and green then it, and play Sylvan Library. <laughs> I mean, I hate green, Is it so worth I don't know what four you're colors? talking about. <laughs> just add uh, a I, color <laughs> for Sylvan Library. Grixis doesn't have Sylvan Library, okay, <laughs> Richard? <laughs> okay. Ah, I would I would maybe play it if I really cared about manipulating the top of my deck. And then I'm still but not sure that think, I would. Think about it from the lens of somebody that <clears throat> plays Land Go. But you want to, like, pass the turn and draw cards or something, not just, like, sure. manipulate the top, right? There's got to be... You know, like, would you play Seth's Mana Rock, pay five, make a clue, next turn, crack it? <laughs> would that be better? But the thing is, then, see, like, that's a, that's already a five-mana investment on the front side, right? So this is just one mana, whatever, yeah. I can do this and still hold up counter magic. Yeah, he can, like, counterspell and then use the remaining yeah. one mana to, to suit say. To look hmm. at the top card and then know what it is and it's still drop. But the thing here is, that, that does matter when I can, like, crack my fetch lands and stuff like that, too. <sighs> I will say... There's gotta be something better... I played a lot of Crim decks on the back end of the season, and I started to sympathize with his point of view where he'd say things like mana drain is not powerful enough. And then I'm like, kind of, yeah, actually. Like, we need Hull Breachers. And I started getting into the Crim mindset. I still can't buy the Soothsayer. <laughs> You'll understand. You'll I need understand. to play more Grixis to understand Soothsayer. Yeah, yeah, You'll understand. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Mana Leak needs to draw me two cards. It's not good enough. But I'm like, well, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> wow. This is just, this is disgusting. All right, so uh, all right, this is this is definitely a tough crowd. So <laughs> battle's really hard here. I was gonna go, for, go pretty janky with, with one of them, but all right, okay, all right. This one, this one will make everybody everybody pretty happy. I this think. gotta be a good one to close it out. We can't end on a on, a, on a bad note. <laughs> all right, so I was gonna I was gonna go with Necrologia, but now I'm not even that that sure about that one. <laughs> All right, oh. we're gonna go. We're gonna go with a, a, a five percenter that I think deserves to go even higher. This is how high I'm gonna have to go for this one. The, <laughs> the, the crowd pleaser. This one, friends, is Kenris Transformation. 
Uh, this is a two mana, one and a green enchantment aura, enchant creature. When it enters the battlefield, you draw a card, so it already replaces itself. And enchanted creature loses all abilities and is a green elk creature with base power and toughness 3-3. Three, three. Um, so it takes you take any any scary creature on the battlefield and you turn it into a 3-3 three, three elk. It loses all its abilities. Two mana in green. Green already has difficulties dealing with creatures, so this is like kind of kind of outside of its comfort zone and it, it deals with it i mean in in theory it, it has difficulties with it and it i find it's incredibly good especially against opposing commanders because uh usually if you have a removal spell for a commander it goes to the command zone they recast it and you have to deal with it again this one is an extra step it turns the creature it turns the commander into a 3-3 elk and then if the if the op opponent's owner, uh, the, the commander's owner, wants to get back the commander, they either have to get rid of the aura or they have to kill the commander and then recast. So it's an extra step uh, to get back access to the commander. At the very least, uh, two mana, draw a card, and you deal with a, a commander uh, temporarily or whatever. 5% on EDH Rex. It's, it's up there. It's definitely up there, but I think it should be played even more. 70 cents. What do you all think? I am going to agree with this one. It says draw a card. It's good <laughs> at dealing with commanders. I I really, the draw a card thing, though, like, that, that sets the floor on it. Like, worst case, if there's not a great target, you can always cycle it for two mana, which is nice. Like, you, oh, that's, like, the absolute worst thing the card can do is two mana turn into a new card, which means it's never going to be dead like some of these other cards we've been talking about, where it's like, oh, in the right situation, they're really good, but in the wrong situation, they're really bad. This one's always going to be fine, and sometimes it's really good when you're getting someone's commander. So, I'm going to agree. I think this should be one of the one of the most played green removal spells behind like uh, along with things like beast within and maybe song of the dryad or something so i'm I in one. i, I, I always one. tell I you to one. play more removal and th and if i mean green does that already because it, it can kill anything and draw cards counter spells but sure uh, i do think that this should be in almost every like legitimately every green deck so why not this is this yes, is really yes, grim oh, I, I think this card is, this card is amazing this card is amazing Let's it, go. Because like, you always have access to your commander, right? Richard. So like this, this means you have to like <laughs> mention you have to, an extra step. There's an extra step you have to go yeah. through, and it's already replaced itself. So it's good. It's or it's it's, 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 it's a it's also kind of like a mini Oko, and you love Oko. <laughs> I don't want to sound difficult, and I I, I on, promise Richard. audience I'm not being difficult, but Come it's on, sorcery Richard, speed. Please. There's only Please. so much spot removal you can play, and you don't no. want to just randomly fire it off at sorcery speed. You want to no. fire it off when you're about to die. So, like, beast within, instant speed uh, instant speed removal is what you want, not sorcery speed. So, this is okay if you have, like, enchantment synergies, right? You're playing enchantress or things like that, where, like, the, the card type matters. But I'm playing beast within, I'm playing generous gifts, all of those before Kenrith's transformation, right? And I only have so many slots for spot removal. You should have more. This doesn't make the cut. <laughs> like, it has to be a scary creature that's unprotected that makes it to your turn such that you can slap this down on it, right? Like, what, what happens usually? They play a creature, they put the boots on it, <laughs> right? And then that's <laughs> it, right? So you need the instant CDH. speed. You need the instant speed to deal with it, right? Or you play scary commander, it's fine. 
until you combo off, then I'll remove it. But if you're not going to combo off, then I'm just going to hold my removal, right? Like, I don't need to use it, so... But you can draw a card into more removal. You're drawing cards into your basic land, and then now you need the removal. <laughs> you're like, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's okay, but I'd rather have instant speed removal. I think being sorcery speed is a big deal. So you think it's not underrated? I think 5% is about right. We were so close. You still win, right? It's still we were like so two, close. three to one. It's still, it's still a, a victory. Wait, hold <laughs> Just on. Not unanimous. Does that mean the only wait? Which one have we all agreed on? That is like I we was it spreading plague? Uh, I think it was Hedron Archive. From what I remember, I, I legitimately think it was Skull spreading Winder. plague. I think we agreed on Skullwinder. Yeah, and. Yeah. Almost agreed on Rampage of the Clan. <laughs> did we fail? Did, did this podcast fail? No, I, I picked up some good cheap? cards. I think Krim, I think okay. I'm going to pick up some cards from Krim here. Seth, okay. I don't know. He really likes dirtling and drawing <laughs> cards. I, okay, one quick one that I didn't get to mention was Wrong Turn, by the way. That's another good one. I and love it, that, Wrong Turn. That's instant speed like Richard wants. And, okay. it's, Explain, and it's hilarious. What, what does it, doesn't it do, do anything, though. What does it do? This is our bonus round. Okay. Quick quick bonus round. The... It's two and a blue, and it's instant. Target opponent gains control of target creature. The amount, yes. of peop- the amount of people I get with this guy, this is such a gotcha card, and it's hilarious. Because oftentimes, like, think about it. I can give your commander away to somebody else. And that's not what their deck's built around, so I don't care. <laughs> like, right? Like, imagine if you're playing your, your I don't know, your uh, Voltron deck, and it's like, well, <laughs> there goes my commander, I guess, and then with things attached to it. <laughs> or the amount of times where I am able to be like, hey, to politic my way into, like, something, hey, I'll give you, Richard, this primeval titan if you do this, whatever. <laughs> so... I think it's hilariously fun. It's got the politic aspect to it. It's still removal-ish. And, and it's it's just awful when it's a 1v1 part. Like, once it's down to two players, okay, now now it's bad. <laughs> now it's bad. Otherwise, this you, is You give them the draw new. <laughs> you, That's so close. It's such a fun card. It's such a good gotcha card, and and I think it's that's a fun card. Yeah, I, it is fun, and it's uh, instant it speed. It, it's instant. I agree with Krill. I think it's actually pretty good for the blue removal. Yeah, it's blue. Oh, I it's, think this card is absolutely. Oh no! I thought we had it in the bonus it's so round. Bad. Oh, it's a it's a, it's a horrible. It's not a good card. It is properly rated as a horrible. Horrible card, but it is a fun troll card, and it is fun. Like, but we're not doing like best troll card. But it's also we're good. doing I'm underrated rated. cards. But it's under it's under. You can, you can give totally like blockers. Underrated. People can it's, like double kill in combat. Yeah. I, That's I, actually I think, good. I think you still run Pongify Rapid Hybridization and Reality Shift over this because like yes, re- it, it re- Reality Shift yes. Commanders. I agree yeah. with Reality Shift. You don't like Pongify and Rapid. To be honest with you, okay. Pongify first, rapid hybridization. Raven's crime. Raven's, Raven's crime is fine. Yeah. Raven's crime is fine. I like that. But this is this, this three mana. Yeah, uh, but three mana. Oftentimes, sometimes, destroy is not good. Think about how many it's like. Really but good but giving the creature to someone else is yeah, <laughs> so like, not even leaving the like battlefield at all. In general, and well, then you just <laughs> give it to somebody else, and they just kill you. With they smack you with it. But the thing here is, like, example, if I give the indestructible threat. 
to somebody else who can't pump it up anymore or do any more shenanigans with it, that's great. Like, I would rather deal with... It's like, like you could have just exiled it. Well, okay, but I but I agree. <laughs> reality, shift, reality shift is better. Raven cry, uh, Ravencraft okay. is better. Uh, whatever, the, the metallic sculpting that the gives you a 4-4 four four is better. But then this... And I play a lot of spot removal, so maybe that's also another reason why I love having so much of it. But yeah, like I, I think this card is perfect for the the politicking part of it, and most importantly, that is a level of play that you have to factor into, it, and that does add to the power of it. So, it's only one percent. So I, I actually agree. Yes. With you. I think the card is actually really good. Uh, I, I think I agree with Seth and Tomer. Maybe you still play Pongify or something, right? This, this would not replace that, but it should be played way more. I think, and it's also a very fun card, right? Like, I think that's a very important thing. So I this actually agree with Krim. I think it should be played a lot more. This is a solid fourth target removal <laughs> in, in blue, I think. I only played two, Tom. More than one percent. <laughs> I agree Ooh. that it is underrated. Yeah, Seth, yeah, you're not gonna, is, you're not gonna sell me. You're not gonna sell me. <laughs> no, no, we're not, we're not going out with agreement. Oh, and this fun. podcast has it's taken fun. a wrong it's turn. Trolling. This podcast has <laughs> concluded. Uh, uh, what's the card? Necro Necrologia? <laughs> no, wait. No. I just what's Krim's card? Necrologia. Oh, Spreading Plague. Spreading yeah, Plague was spreading the one. Spreading Plague! Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I We've killed EDH as Necrologia. we've known it. Everyone it's play like, Spreading Plague next week. Dunk. Play it. <laughs> Buy it. It's good. It's oh, good for man. you. It's good for you. All right. All right. Well, so we've learned today that we will not agree on anything except spreading plague. <laughs> except, except don't play spreading plague. No, 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 no. We're not talking about whether it's in good form. We're talking about how cool the card it is. It's, it's definitely underrated. underrated. Yes, <laughs> for good reason. Um, all right, underrated. So that concludes our podcast. Uh, we were aiming for the four-hour mark. Um, on talking stuff, we went a little bit above, hoping to agree unanimously, and we are not. Um, so yeah, hope hopefully that's something to chew on. Uh, a bunch of underrated cards, the pros, the cons, and all of them. Um, and maybe, maybe you, maybe you disagree. Maybe you agree. Uh, let us know in the comments section on the YouTube channel. And if you're listening to Spotify, thank you very much. And I'm so sorry. Uh, maybe we should have a comment section in Spotify as well. That would be cool. Um, yes, that is it for our show, everybody. And also, if you are interested in more underrated cards that are on a budget, I have an underrated Twitter thread. Uh, just find me uh, at Twitter, uh, at Budget Commander. Uh, you'll find that the Twitter thread I pretty much updated pretty often. It's a long chain. As most of these cards and many, many more uh, that may or may not be considered underrated by the rest of the group, but I think it is. Um, and that is it for the show, everybody. Hope you enjoyed Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching if you're on YouTube. And until next time, friends, see ya.